Super excited for this episode of the Hustle of the Day podcast with Wendy Freeman. She left her corporate job with no savings, no safety net, just a strong why and the ability to get out there and hustle, and she did it. She started her own event planning company that got completely shifted when COVID hit and now has transitioned and pivoted to a successful online event planning company. Check it out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to be talking with Wendy Freeman today. Wendy, why don't you jump in here? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me, Trent. I am super happy to be here. Uh, I am the owner and founder of Be Bright Events, and we are a boutique marketing event agency focusing on creating experiences, not just taking orders and planning events. I have been in this, been doing this for about you know just over fifteen years, and, and I am passionate about creating unique, life-changing experiences through both live and virtual events with the end game of sparking engagement, inspiring change, impacting lives, communities, and organizations. That's super cool because, I mean, like you said, you're, you're trying to have more of a mission behind this. It's not just events for events' sake. Where, where did that come from? So, you know, I was in the corporate world for, for years and planning events in the corporate space. And I love the event planning side of it. Like that is just my passion. That is what lights me up. And, you know, over the course of 12 years, I was with the same company. And I realized that while I love planning the events, there wasn't really a, a mission or a purpose. At the end of the day, they were technology events. So they were making people's jobs easier. And I am a lifelong learner. I quote, I joke that I'm a seminar junkie. I go to personal development events, personal growth events. And it was one day, you know, I knew that I wasn't fulfilled and I didn't know really what, what was missing. You know, I was successful. I checked all the boxes. I got a degree. I bought a house. I had a child. Like, you know, I did all the things that society tells you to do, travel, everything, but I just something was missing. And it was at one of these personal, you know, growth events where, you know, we're doing some like deep, deep soul searching. And I was like, you know what? I'm just planning the wrong types of events. I want to plan events just like this. I want to be behind the scenes planning events that are changing people's lives. I want to be a part of that, not just making their jobs easier. Yeah, absolutely. I love the the greater vision that you have out of this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that is very common. I actually interviewed somebody a, a few weeks back that their whole job is, you know, helping women in the corporate world realize what it takes to get that fulfillment. You know, it's sometimes it is leaving the corporate world. Sometimes it is, you know, transitioning to a completely different department or, you know, that's her goal was to help women, uh, you know, find out that fulfillment after they've climbed the corporate ladder. Right. And so that's great that you were able to recognize that and start doing it. And you you really jumped into it. This just started last year, correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. And you you mentioned when talking before you did this without a safety net. You know, you mentioned you're a single mom. You had no savings. You just jumped in and did it. And holy crap, that's awesome! I love that <laughs> that you did that because I'm I'm that type of person. And not everybody's that way. So I've got to applaud you because I know the the downsides to that and the trials to that, but you've really thrived with it. 
Thank you. There was, there was a lot of fear, a lot of fear, <laughs> but I pushed through. <laughs> yeah. So take us back a little bit um, with that corporate job. You were planning the events for them. Um, you, you'd mentioned that you'd actually grown with them. So you were, we talking before you were the fourth employee with this company. And by the time you left, there was 700 employees, which is incredible. You were, you saw all this growth happen. You were an integral part of the team. What made you decide that you would give that up to pursue this? You know, it, it was hard. It, I, I joked when I was going through it that it was almost like a corporate divorce, right? Because I grew with these people. I grew with this organization. But at the end of the day, it was like the money wasn't enough for me. It just wasn't making me happy. I felt like over time, as the company continued to grow and we got purchased and we had a board, I had a little bit less of a voice. And that was tough when I was such an integral part for so many years to this feel like another cog in the wheel. Gotcha. Um, and also I had, you know, moved my way up the corporate ladder. The next place for me to go would have been to become the CMO. And I just, nothing, that's nothing I ever had an interest in. I don't feel like that would allow me the opportunity to be as creative as I am. And it's, you know, more high level and, you know, it just, it just didn't feel like the next best step for me. And, you know, my dad is an entrepreneur. So I, I've seen, you know, him throughout life, he's always been trying to encourage me to do my own thing. And the more and more of these personal development events that I went to, the more and more entrepreneurs that I met who had similar stories, who did that, seeing their success, their fulfillment, their happiness. I was like, you know what? I'm just not living up to my full potential and enough is enough. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, you mentioned again, prior to this, that when you did jump out and do this on your own, uh, you decided that you needed to take some of that personal development and hire a coach. And, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs I think do is I can do, I can handle everything. I can do everything. And, you know, I've talked to a lot, a lot of people who are the more successful initially, uh, entrepreneurs, you know, right out of the gate are the ones that do go outside their circle and say, Hey, look, I can't handle this. Is that what you've experienced? It is, you know, it's, it's all about resourcing up because you don't know what you don't know. Like, yes, you can hustle and you can work and you can get it all done. But I wanted to fast track my success. I didn't have a safety net. I had no choice, right? I had to do what it took, like do whatever it takes to get to, to build my business, to get it off the ground. You know, my, Everything for the most part has been based on referrals, which is great. But when you're trying to grow and scale a business, how do I market myself? How do I run the back end of my business? How, you know, how do I get clear on my story and my messaging and all of that? And those were areas that I just, I didn't have that knowledge. So I hired, um, I hired a coach. I had a mindset coach before that, who his name is Aaron Morrison. And he was like pivotal in helping me get to this point helping me overcome my fear. He was actually the one who was like, he believed in me more than I believed in myself. And so I borrowed that belief, which is what gave me the strength to do that. And so after working with him, which I, I still work with to this day, um, you know, I, I was like, wait a minute, if I got, if that was able to make such an impact in my life, what if I applied that same philosophy to my business? And, you know, I 
got a line of credit and just started swiping that card. And, and since then, you know, so I have my mindset coach, I have my business coach, I have just kind of an overall co- coach. And then I also hired an event coach, somebody else awesome. who has already built a six figure successful event business. Wow. So I, I bought cool. into the coaching game, but it is, it's made such a huge difference in fast tracking my success. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you really, there's, there's a lot of like imposter syndrome and uncertainty and, you know, just, you know, you can, you can chase the, you know, the shiny object syndrome or whatever. And they really help with the accountability and keeping you on track. And then you get to communicate and network with their other private clients. And now you have a community of accountability partners and resources just start showing up when you're having these conversations. So it is Very cool. probably the best choice I made in my business. Yeah, I, it sounds like it. You know, like we mentioned, you had no safety net. You failure wasn't an option, so you had to do whatever it took to to get this business going and you know making some money. And it sounds like this was the perfect opportunity for you to find the right people to help make that happen. Uh, exactly. But then we get you know a couple months into this year and having the right mindset is imperative right now. So you had to completely pivot your business from in-person events to virtual events. Yes. <laughs> I will say that in my first year as an entrepreneur, solopreneur really, that I knew there was going to be challenges. I knew there were going to be those nights where, you know, I just have to sit and cry and get it out and then move on. Like that's, that's definitely some people they're able to push that aside for me. I, I have the emotion. I let it out. I freak out. And then I'm like, all right, pick yourself up. Let's go. What I did not expect was a global pandemic that essentially says, you know, this thing you've been working so hard over the last nine months. Oh yeah. No, you can't do that. Yeah. (laughs) So I was actually at an event when all the COVID stuff like really, really went down. I was attending a David Bear event walked out of a session and I had four emails from various clients saying, I need to cancel. I need to postpone. I need to do this. And it was just definitely not a challenge that I thought was going to uh, have to overcome. Absolutely. But how has that transition been? You know, obviously you get, you get that initial shock and reaction. Uh, How has the pivot gone for you thus far? So it actually, I'm one of those, you know, I'm one of those stories that you hear when people say, you know, this awful thing that happened in the world turned into an amazing opportunity for me because we already talked about, there was not an option for me to fail. And I like to say there is no failure, only feedback, right? As long as you can learn from whatever mistakes you made, that's going to make you that much stronger. But what it did for me was, you know, I, in the corporate space, I was doing events, but it was a technology company. So it was a very natural pivot. It, I was reluctant. I did not want to pivot. Live events are what light me up. That's what makes me happy. That is where being on site, that energy, that adrenaline. And I was like virtual, you know, I don't get to pick menus. I don't get to do stage design. Like, so I was very hesitant, but I didn't have a choice, right? As an entrepreneur, we have to do things that you don't always want to do, but you know, I made the decision to do it. I got on Facebook lives every day, just talking about different components. And over time, you know, it was a little slow to start, but over time that gave me the credibility that I needed in the space to show up as an expert in the virtual event space. And so honestly, like I never 
virtual was never a thought for me. And COVID has provided me with the opportunity to grow an entire second arm of my business. So, you know, and obviously a way to be generating revenue. And it's a huge need because everybody who does in-person events was put in this point, was put in this place. Even people that haven't done events before had to think of new ways to market their business. So it really allowed me to serve those people to keep their businesses alive. And especially for, you know, the purpose-driven, mission-focused entrepreneurs, for them to convey their message in a time that the world needed it more than ever. So it, yeah. it's rewarding. It's fulfilling. It's been tough, not going to lie. But at the end of the day, it's because I chose a business based on my why that I feel I was able to, so to pivot so successfully because it's still what I'm doing is still fulfilling my why. Yeah. I love that. I love that you have a why a lot of, that's something I drill into, you know, entrepreneurs that I talk to. It's like, you've got to have your why or otherwise you're going to come across a difficult situation and you're not going to push through because I've been there. I've, I've been through that. Uh, you know, it's kind of been my, my story of I haven't had the persistence because I haven't had the why I've, you know, the company I'm working on now, it's been, three years of heartache of trying to get a product to the market. And the only thing that keeps me going is the why. So I love that you brought that up and I love that your pivot still serves that for you. Being a part of live events, you know, I, I love going to them. I love the networking aspect of it. How do you get that same kind of feeling of networking through a virtual event? I'm glad that you asked that because that is something that I've noticed, you know, I've attended hours upon hours of virtual events, not just the ones that I've planned, but just others. Cause like we said, I'm, I'm an event junkie um, and it's much more affordable to attend events now. But what I've noticed is a lot of people, it becomes death by PowerPoint. It's a webinar. It's very one-sided. It's not conversational. You're not building community. But when you think about events 80%, whether it's in-person or virtual, they're exactly the same. There's a 20% difference that comes down to tech and touch. And unless you realize that difference, you're just planning your virtual event again against that 80% that you are already know. And so, you know, with, with intentional design, you know, I, I encourage my clients to think about what are the components that you love about in-person events and how can we pivot to bring that into the virtual space. So a lot, you know, I'm sure that people have been a part of Zoom breakouts. That's definitely one way. But even those, in order to make them successful, there has to be intentionality behind it. What are the types of questions that you're asking? Are they life-giving questions that are going to encourage people to open up and become vulnerable so that you do make those connections? And how are you giving the direction? You know, I actually just hosted my own virtual event uh, for the past two days called Epic Online Experiences that was focused all on the experience component. And when I, you know, move people into breakouts, I obviously have the intentional design. And But in the instruction, you know, it's get your pen out, write this down. You're each going to have this long. The person with the longest hair is the timer. The person with the shortest hair goes first. So even going into that level of detail, it gets people into the room and then they're able to rapid fire. You know, yeah. giving instruction, what happens if you end early? What happens if you end late? And when you facilitate a breakout in that way, 
that's where the connections are really, really made because the questions are intentional. People are vulnerable. And then with, you know, just to, to tack onto that with Facebook communities or Slack or LinkedIn communities, if you plan your event, you know, if you, I, I always say that strategy, that success begins with strategy. And so if you plan your marketing, you're already, you've already created a community long before your event goes live. People are in your group, uh, introducing themselves, talking about what they're doing. So then when they come to the event and everybody sees each other's faces on the screen, they're put into breakouts, they already have a level of comfortability. So, and and the big part is, is building your tribe and growing your, expanding your reach and creating that community. And so if you intentionally do that before the event and then keep it going after the event, that's where you really make those connections. Because with in-person events, very rarely... Is there a, a face? There's a Facebook group leading up to it, but a lot of times it's about logistics and travel and book your hotel. But after the event, those those groups typically fizzle out. Mm-hmm. So keeping those groups alive as a facilitator, like I always tell my clients, I'm like, just because your event's over, your job, you're not done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just worked so hard to build this. Like, keep it alive, keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I love that you have those intentions, like you said, for those uh, breakout rooms, because I can just sit here as you're talking about it, the wheels are turning. It's like, yeah, that that does make a difference that just by, you know, the long hair, short hair thing. It's like, oh, yeah, that would totally change the whole dynamic of the room. Um, mm-hmm. And depending on the person, you know, whether you're extroverted or introverted, virtual um, networking could be a lot easier for you. You know, some people thrive off that in-person contact, others don't, and they're more willing to be vulnerable and, you know, talk to people when it's, you know, they're basically talking to a camera. There just happens to be boxes on the screen with people on there. So have you, have you experienced, you know, a difference in the networking of virtual versus in-person? I really have, because if you think about in-person, you're on a break. You're talking with someone. Oh, what do you do? Let me shake your hand. Let me get your business card. You don't, I don't want to say you don't, but very rarely do you form a deep connection and a deep bond because it's very surface level conversation. But if you're asking intentional questions saying, what is a challenge that you have? What is this? Usually people, you know, they, they'll open up. And so the level of connection I've found is even stronger virtually because you're guiding people into the networking. Versus let's go get a drink and just chit chat. Right. And you know what? It's just all clicking as we're talking. But um, I think about some of the events that I've gone to, you know, I do have those surface level connections, but then how do I gain those deep connections? I go online and, you know, we connect Mm -hmm. through Instagram or through Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever the case may be. If you're already online with them, it's a lot more of a natural progression to build that deeper connection. Exactly. 100% could not agree more. Wow. Okay. So the, I mean, virtual events are, it sounds like they're here to stay even when you do start the live events again. I, I, I think so. And I think that the people that are hosting the virtual events now are finding that this is a whole marketing strategy that they can for a relatively low cost incorporate into their business that keeps 
that momentum going, right? It's not just an annual conference that you go to. Maybe it's a quarterly thing. You have the same people coming back. And then when you go to that in-person event, it's like a reunion. Like you're so excited. It's like going to a summer camp reunion or seeing everybody again. So I definitely think it has created a lot of new opportunity for businesses to really strengthen their, I call it their tribe. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I think of... You know, some of the experiences I'm looking back, you know, just as you're talking, it's like, yeah, I've, I've made some great connections with people online. And then when you do meet them in person, it's completely different than if you just met them in person in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is, this is awesome. Like I'm, I'm sold on these events now and it's like, (laughs) all right, after this, we've got to talk and figure out what's the next event you're hosting so I can be a part of this. But uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, the, you know, people that are involved in this. You know, you've talked about coaches and your dad was an entrepreneur. Who would you say has been most influential on who you became today? Oh, man, there's there's two people. And this is, you know, whenever anybody's like, you know, who would you have lunch with, you know, dead or alive? It's Sarah Blakely and Richard Branson. I've always just loved Richard Branson, what he's done you know, his philanthropic efforts and energy and all of that. And then it's Sarah Blakely's story just as, you know, as a womanpreneur who was selling, you know, I think it was fax machines, door to door, $5,000 in her pocket, a little red backpack, just seeing her hustle, her grit, her determination and realizing that, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't one of those people who came from a lot of money and was handed something like she figured out what she wanted, which obviously I don't know who knows her story or not, but nobody grows up being like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to make pantyhose that makes women feel confident. I don't think most people grow up doing that, but she discovered something. It lit her up. She was passionate about it and she made it happen. And so I kind of use her story as my like inspiration. Yeah. And uh, you know, I love Sarah Blakely's story as well. And the, not only Sarah Blakely herself, but her husband, Jesse Itzler, I mean, just another amazing story. He's like one of those people that I'm just like, man, he he sold a jet company to Warren Buffett for hundreds of millions of dollars without ever owning a jet. Like, I mean, how can you do that? Like, it's, right? and it's it, funny that you bring up Jesse Itzler because once I had in my personal, you know, last year, early in the year, I had actually joined Jesse's Build Your Life resume program. Ah, and I was still in the corporate space. And so that had a lot to do with my mindset and following your passion and doing your dream, you know, following your dreams and all of that. So I bought into his program. I feel like that really jump started me to I don't feel that I would have I mean all the things played a piece in it, but it, I just I love that you brought up Jesse. And and at the time when I saw Jesse speak, I had no idea that it was Sarah Blakely's husband. I just heard him speak right. and I was like back of the room, got to buy into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no that's that's crazy cuz I I same similar thing, you know, I I saw Jesse at a live event and uh you know, an incredible story. I, you know, I'd heard a couple podcasts with him, but I didn't really buy into him until I saw him and saw his passion. And then, you know, I was familiar with Sarah Blakely and then it's like, oh, wait, they're, wow. You know, they're both independent billionaires that are now married to each other. Like it's power crazy. Power couple right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Def- definition of a power couple for sure. 
Uh, well, that's very cool. I mean, I, like I said, I love Sarah Blakely's story and I can definitely see why people resonate with her and Richard Branson, you know, another uh, amazing story. Uh, just people that are really changing the world in their own ways. Uh, wow. So I can see how people can relate to them. And then I appreciate that you, that you, resonate with them because like I said, you know, we have uh, a similar idea of, you know, Jesse Itzler and that, that whole connection. But uh, one thing I want to ask you though, because it is the hustle of the day podcast, what is your personal definition of the word hustle? Oh man, it's probably changed a lot over, over the years. I would not as a corporate as a corporate woman, I would have a totally different definition that I do now. But I think, you know, I really think it's about determination, resiliency, doing whatever it takes. You know, there are nights that I'm exhausted, but I'm going to hustle. I'm going to get it done. And it's not just in the business world. It's in your whole life. It's, a, it's how you approach things, I think. It's a different mindset yep. and just that willingness to, you know... I think, I think part of hustling is to quote Jesse is get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think that's a piece of hustle. I think it's not just sitting behind your computer screen for hours at night when you're tired working 16 hour days. I mean, that's part of it, but I think it's a lot. It's all of the things that go into it because hustling is a lifestyle. It's a way of life. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, that wasn't your lifestyle before, you know, you had that that corporate job, what, where was that mindset, mindset shift that you said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to leave the corporate world. I'm going to do this thing that I feel so strongly about, you know, a lot of people that listen to the show are in that corporate world. They want to get out. Like, how did that Mm -hmm. transition happen for you? It was a lot of mindset work. Um, Jesse's course definitely made a difference. And, you know, I think you just hit that point where for me, it was like the complacency wasn't enough anymore. Like, you know, I, I was traveling, like I did all of the things and it was like, but something is still missing. And it took me time. Like it, you know, for, I started thinking about going to, you know, different jobs, starting something new, just, I needed the newness. Mm -hmm. It was the monotony. It was the complacency. And then finally I was at an event where I realized, and I don't remember if I said this earlier when you and I were talking or earlier in the recording, but I was literally at an event where I gained the clarity and I was just like, that's it. I stood up in front of a room of a hundred complete strangers. It was a small intimate event and said, I declare that within the next three months, I am resigning and starting my own business to plan events just like this. Fast forward six months or so, I am planning that exact event this year. So when I said just like this, I didn't mean this exact event, but it it came full circle. And I feel that's a lot of that is power of declaration. So I just, I get chills when I tell that story. Oh, that, that gave me chills like that. That's incredible that you're that full circle. Like, yeah, that, that's just an amazing story. Uh, I, I, I don't even know where to go from here. Like, that's just, like I said, stop me in my tracks and gave me chills. Like, no way you actually are doing that. Like, yeah. Congratulations. First of all. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to plug that event. That company is called life on fire. 
So if anybody, like if you are in that corporate space, you want to make that change and you're lacking the certainty, you're lacking the clarity, you don't, you might not even know what your purpose is. Cause I didn't realize mine either. They have a four day event. It's called abundance. And I'm telling you, you will break down. You will not break down. You will break through your stuff. You will get, I mean, that was, that was like the catalyst for me. It was a lot of work leading up to it, but that was that defining moment. So very cool. And just make a decision, the power of decision. Yeah. And like you said, you know, you declared it, you, you put it out there that that was going to happen. And you know what, it's, that's, there's power in that too, uh, to be able to put it out there and say, I'm going to do this. And you've just stood up in front of a hundred people and said, I'm going to have, I'm going to make this happen. You don't want to let them down, even though they may not play a huge role in your life. You still have some accountability there. So, right. And, and I cried the entire last day of the event because like the fear, I was like, oh my God, I'm doing this. I'm really going to do this. I, mean, I was like, you know, the last day everybody wants to take pictures because everybody has these huge breakthroughs and you feel like a family after that. Where I got pictures, I'm all like puffy. I, I just, the tears just would not stop. And it was excitement and fear all, all combined. But it was like, when you figure it out, when you finally have that clarity, it's just like, it's like, your world goes from black and white to color. It's like the wizard of Oz. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. So you consider yourself an event junkie outside of probably this one where you had the catalyst, what has been kind of your favorite event that you've attended? Oh man, my, I love retreats. I love retreats because there's such an educational, the types that I go to educational component Mm-hmm. But then there's also like the team building and the fitness aspect of it. And, you know, I went to Jesse Itzler's camp BYLR and like, that was amazing. I mean, if you told me that I'd be doing Wim Hof breathing and sitting in an ice water bath for, you know, for two minutes and then not using a towel to dry off and using the breathing techniques that I learned to warm myself up, like crazy. So I think, I think it's the events where there's experiential components to it are the ones that are my favorite. Awesome. Yeah. The, when you get those experiences, that's, that adds a whole new dimension to an event. And, you know, I've, I haven't been to many retreats, but you know, the, the ones I've been involved in, it's definitely a different level. So that's very Mm -hmm. cool. Um, have you seen any, any of the more hybrid options. So I've seen some events where, you know, they will have a live presenter that streams out to everyone, but they're in a physical location with the set design and all that. Have you had any experience with those? I've had experience attending them. I attended uh, the Pete Vargas one that that he did a couple of weeks ago. Um, Sage events did one. I have a company here. I have a couple different companies that I work with to produce those for other, for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but those definitely come with a price tag. You know, those yeah. are, those are not inexpensive to produce still a lot of times less expensive than an in-person event. Mm-hmm. And you're able to reach so many more people. So it's definitely, um, I have not been on the side of actually planning them, okay. but really it's just one more component, right? Like right. It, it, when I have a client come to me and they want to reach out to 5,000 people and they want that stage set and they want the stage design, honestly, 
that just makes my job easier because then we're hiring a technology company and I'm not sitting back here geeking out with all the tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you said something in there that really made me think about these uh, virtual events. You know, when you have the in-person events, you're limited in capacity. Mm-hmm. With the virtual events, you're not. So you can actually scale it out to more people and impact more people. And that's kind of part of your mission, right? Is to be able to impact people. That's exactly right. And because it's, you know, I think that it's creating a lot of opportunity for upcoming speakers because they're, you know, they're able to book virtual stages much easier than in-person stages. And yeah, you're, you know, there's so many people who they follow events, like they follow Pete Vargas, they want to go to his event and they just can't make the dates work. They don't want, you know, they have the kids and they can't travel or for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. but you take it online and they can attend. So I think, I think it's just created amazing opportunity. And and, and it is, it's like, I don't even consider it the ripple effect. It's like the tsunami effect, what virtual events are able to do because you're so many more people, but the same amount of work is going into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that, that flexibility you mentioned, taking it back uh, to Jesse Itzler and Sarah Blakely, they recently took an RV trip with their family and, you know, they were out on the road and they were still doing events. They were still, you know, Sarah's saying they're in the passenger seat of this RV and, uh, you know, being a part of an event. And then uh, Jesse famously is seen in the RV bathroom while on an, while <laughs> as part of an event. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing the flexibility that this offers and it's, it's really cool that you're, you're really at the forefront of this because you've had to be, uh, prior to this, you probably wouldn't have gotten to this until maybe several years down the road or maybe never. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I probably honestly would, would never have gone virtual just because it doesn't, and, and even at the beginning, it didn't light me up the way that it does now because I didn't have that intentional experience design. I had the same, uh, the same concept that everybody else did is who wants to sit here and watch webinar after webinar, speaker after speaker. I can just go on YouTube and watch it when I want. Right. But then I started attending events like Pete Vargas's, you know, 360. I got to experience an experience. And I was like, okay, I might not be able to pick food and beverage and make an amazing stage set and work with a hotel. But there are still, because for me, that's, that's the, that's fun, but that's not what fulfills me. What fulfills me, I can do virtually. Yeah. Yeah. I I never would have realized that had I not been attending, not had this whole COVID not happened. (laughs) (laughs) This opportunity, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's all about that mindset. That's Um, right. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I want to give you a chance here in a minute um, to plug, you know, where you're at online and where people can find you. But I want to ask you, personal or business, what is it that excites you about the future? Unlimited possibility, unlimited potential. Like, you know, you have your goals, you have your timeline, whatever it may be, but the possibilities truly are endless. It's just a matter of opening your eyes and seeing them. And so that's, that's what excites me. Just not knowing, I know what I want for my future, but not knowing what that might look like and how that might change based on what I'm doing and what's going on in the world. So possibility is what I'm excited the most about. Awesome. Yeah. There's, there's definitely possibility coming out of, you know, every which way 
the world is going right now, it's there's definitely always going to be a possibility for somebody somebody who's willing to go out there and take advantage of that. So, uh, where's where's the best place for people to find out more information about you, Wendy? Um, so Facebook is an easy one. It's Be Bright Events. That's B E Bright Events. Like I don't know if you can see it. B E. Oh. Um, that was part of my, part of my commitment, uh, tattooed it on, um, be right events, co.com. If you're going to the website, but Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, it's all just be bright events. And yeah, (laughs) that's very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. And, you know, I love the story. Like this is, I'm excited for people to hear this and you know what it's, it's a fantastic story. I can definitely relate to you on a lot of different levels of what you're doing. So I applaud you for that because I've been down that path myself. And so, um, first and foremost, thank you for, for taking the time out of the day for this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really, I love your podcast. I love, I mean, I think it's, it's very inspiring for a lot of people that are in that space of transition. And I think that your message and the speakers that you have on really helps people to realize, you know what, she's a normal person. She didn't have savings. She didn't do this, but she did it. And so I think that, that you're inspiring a lot of people to, to take that leap as well. Well, I, I appreciate that. that is, those are kind words, but really it's the guests that are the ones inspiring. So thank you. Um, I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten a ton of value out of this. So I encourage you to take that and get out there and hustle today. Hey, Hustle Nation. Thank you for listening to the podcast all the way through. Super appreciative of that. I know you've gotten a lot of value out of this and I want to continue providing the value. So I've created a free Facebook group called Hustle the Day. Really easy to remember if you've listened to this podcast. Anyway, go check it out on Facebook great community of people just like you that are trying to escape the nine to five, get that side hustle to replace their main income. You know, whatever the case may be, you've got a great support group there. Go check it out. I really appreciate it. You all have a great one.